0: and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef.
1: This is a world of possibilities, a world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday, I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life.
2: I can go back to college. I can change careers.
1: I can make a difference federal student aid proud sponsor of the american mind learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov
0: and now here's your host gina gardner
3: hello there and welcome to gina gardner and friends and today i have someone that i hope you're going to really gain such an enormous amount from the the topic that we have today Jerry G. Davis is a country and western songwriter and singer. He has had an amazing career, but one of the things that he um, is going to be prepared to talk about today is the fact that he has a stutter. Now, those of you that have been listening to the show will know that I was a principal for many years, and I came across many children and adults who, had a struggle with a speech impediment, sometimes a stutter, sometimes not being able to pronounce particular words. And it can be really challenging, not only challenging from the point of view of the actual problem, but other people's attitudes to that. So today we're going to explore that. And I hope that those of you that know someone who has a problem with speaking will recognize that actually that it can be uh, something positive in your life if you choose to make it that way. So, Jerry, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much for joining us.
2: Thank you, Gina. I appreciate you having me on here.
3: There, Oh, boy, it's a real honor. Oh, it's. Great to have you. So, would you like to tell us a bit about your story? Explain, you know, how you've come to be a country singer and songwriter.
2: Well, you know, I started out there uh, when I was a child there. My family there would always listen to the Grand Ole Opry on the television. Used to come in on WSM and we'd watch it every Saturday night. Uh, and I grew a love there for the, uh, for the words of, the, you know, words and music of the song. Uh, of course, I enjoyed the, uh, you know, you know, the artist, you know, the performer of the song. So I just kind of wanted to, I started to write songs. I was maybe about 12 or 15 years old, but, and to my parents had thought I was, I was great, you know, that well, yeah. I would write. Little, you know, little rhymes and stuff. So anyway, uh, uh, cause I just loved, uh, uh, cause I've been uh, developed a uh, love for country music and uh, and I've developed myself into uh, you know to writing. You know, uh, practice, practice.
0: Uh, they're listening
2: to a lot of the other writers uh, there, and then I read it. Uh, you know, and then I ran into a friend of mine. Uh, he and introduced me there to some people in Nashville there who was in the music business. That was Pete and then Rose then, Rose Drake, Pete and Rose Drake uh, tra- 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 there. So I was invited over there, you know, to meet some of their writers. So I ran into, uh, you know, the Larry Kingston, Harlan Sanders, Lathan uh, Hudson, uh, Bob McDill, uh and uh, you know there's several more, and uh, and they let me hang out with them, you know. And then I learned from them, uh, you know. And since th- 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 we'd get together, and I'd have a good idea or something, so I tell them about the idea, and they said, "What you got on that idea?" So I would come, and, you know, to sing in it, 'cause I realized, you know, I could sing here. Uh, you know, I guess I was about twelve or thirteen. I could sing without stuttering. So that gave me the, uh, you know, the uh, outlet, you know, there was, uh, where I could show show my emotions by then uh, singing it, uh, you know, because I love to uh, so i commenced to singing. So I enjoyed it there and I started writing songs, uh, learning from other writers and then giving some chances and they're getting some recordings, so I was real, you know, I was glad of
3: that. You know, one of the things that I found interesting from your story is that your parents were supportive of you. And, you know, I think it's so important when young people find something that they're good at, that people support them, even when in the first instance, it may not be um, particularly polished or great. And as you say, practice makes perfect. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. But you need yeah. somebody championing you, don't you? Behind you, standing behind you.
2: Mm-hmm. Who? Um, I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: Who were your greatest inspirations musically? You, know, you said you had a lot of help from people. Who were the people who you, know, you looked up to and, and felt, these are the ones that have made the difference?
2: I always liked the style of a- um, Ray Price, and, uh, and Farron, uh, no, Farron Young, he was one of mine, and I always loved uh, the Willies music. You know, the first time I heard him, I thought, well, you know, he's a, you know, could I, I'm, I'm going to have to copy him, I'm going to have to learn from him. So anyway, uh, I've got so many people, you know, I like a little bit of L, you know, I like all kind of music. Uh, yeah. You know, I like the old classical music, you know, with um, uh, uh, the Frank Sinatra and the uh, May, may because I like them all, you know. I like all kinds of music. I even like opera music, uh, you know, some
3: of it. It's I, all I, uh, got something to offer, hasn't it? Yeah. I, I'd like to ask you, growing up with a stutter couldn't have been easy. Could you share with our listeners... How that was for you?
2: Well, uh, well, uh, but I went into the first grade. That was really hard because uh, that we didn't have too much uh, uh, the preschool back then. You know, to go to preschool. Yeah. So I went right on into the first grade and had just had just stutter. It was terrible. And uh, and then I remember cause about the middle of the year it was, uh, but they wanted to pull me out of school, the first grade. And they wanted to put me in a special school, and then my dad, uh, you know, dad said no. You know, oh, there's nothing wrong with him. He, he got, he, he just got a little problem with his, you know, talking. So he wouldn't let him put me in there. So I, uh, you know, so I went on to the second grade there, but I got better. I learned how to cope with it, uh, and uh, you know, but that's. Because you got to deal with it all your life, uh, but you can't let it define you. I mean, you've got to move on. uh, Because I had dreams just like everybody else, and I had, uh, you know, because I had a passion, so I pursued it, and uh, and I learned to, uh, you know, I learned to live with my, you know, with my impediment.
3: You know, it's interesting, isn't it, that... um... I've I've just been writing an article about diversity, and one of the things that I've written in the article is about people's expectations of those who have some sort of impediment or disability. Now, those who've listened to the show will know that I'm a wheelchair user. I can walk short distances now, but I have had times when I've been completely wheelchair-bound. And people would often make assumptions that because I was in a wheelchair, that actually uh, that I was mentally incapacitated too. In fact, it used to give my secretary great amusement when we'd walk, she'd, she'd wheel my chair into the town and people would use that voice, you know, would you like a sweetie? Um, little recognizing that, you know, I ran a school and uh, that I consider myself an articulate and intelligent person. And I think it's very easy when people see uh, someone who's got a challenge, or hear a challenge, to make the assumption that because they have one challenge, that they're capable of very little. And you're absolute living proof, aren't you, that had your dad not stood his ground and said there's nothing wrong with him apart from the fact that he has a stutter. You would have been sent to special school, and there's nothing wrong with special school if that's the right place for you. But it patently wasn't.
2: Yeah, I'm glad my daddy saw that. My dad, he, uh, we talked several times, and uh, and he says, "Now you're, you know, you just got a little problem. And we all got problems." He said, "But you can't let that, uh, you know, define you." He said, "You got to. Uh, oh, I know you got dreams." And you got, you know, and you know, he said I can see it in you, I can see your creativity. He said you're going to be okay, you're going to come out, you uh, know, because he always encouraged me.
3: He, your dad was obviously a very special man.
2: Yeah, of course, I lost him there when I was about, you know, uh, the fifteen.
3: Oh, when he died. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really sorry to hear that, and that must have been yeah. incredibly difficult. Difficult anyway, but for someone for your yeah big supporter to lose them very hard. Yeah. We're going to go for a quick break now, Um, but when we come back, I'd like to talk with you about how you discovered that singing and music was a way for you to manage your challenge. So don't go away. We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
1: Those were the days. A little risk never scared us. Hands tight, plans loose. We'd cruise down drags with our favorite bands. We bought good times with loose quarters. And every night, we had standing dates with the same friends. Life was simpler back then. We hustled, we bumped, we bus stopped, and we smoked all the time. If that was you then, get your lungs screened now. Visit ScreenYourLungs.org today.
4: Oh, not again. Hey, Mrs. Deer, what you doing standing in the middle of the road? Oh, sorry, Ranger. Was I doing that again? Yeah, yeah, you were. Well, I was just on my way home when I saw your headlights, your beautiful, shiny headlights. Hey, snap out of it. What is it about headlights? So, Ranger, you're working late. Yeah, I was over at Smokey Bear's house. We were talking about how to get people to be personally responsible for the fires they start. You mean people aren't being responsible? Most are, but sadly, some aren't. Oh, so what are you going to do? Radio. We're going to make some entertaining radio commercials that remind people to be careful. I like that. Oh, you could make one with a deer and a ranger discussing how people should be responsible.
0: Nah, it's been done if you start a fire put it out remember only you can prevent wildfires a public service message from smoky bear the US Forest Service your state forester
3: welcome back i'm talking to jerry and we're talking about how um, he has a stammer and how he's managed it and yet used it to propel him forward as he said before the break that having a stammer does not define who he is jerry i'd like when did you discover that singing and music was a way forward?
2: Well, I was working on the, I was working on the, working on my job. I was around 20 years old and, and I was working on the docks. I was loading, unloading trucks. That was my job. It was open docks and and I just, you know, I just, you know, I started to sing and I, I wanted to see if I could sing and, and it come out and i said well uh, well you know i can express myself now uh, you know cuz i you know i can really i can really express myself in my songs so, so that i wanted to be a an uh, artist i wanted to be a singing artist but i got uh i got introduced into the uh you know i got introduced into the music business by a uh, friend of mine, I was working with. Oh, he knew a friend on, uh, 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 you know, up here in Nashville, so he introduced me. He said, "I want you to meet somebody." He was at the uh, Lawrence Welk, uh, uh, the music group, you know, up here in Nashville, because they had an office up here in Nashville. So I showed up over there, and uh, and his name was Doyle uh, on no, the then, the. Uh, so he kind of took me around and and he introduced me to some other writers and and I met him and uh, you know, and, uh, Larry and uh, Larry then Kingston and uh Bob McDill, you know, I met them, great writers, uh, you know, in their own right, uh, you know, award winning writers. So uh so I just uh, uh cause I met up with uh, Larry Kingston. And I said, I got a good idea for a song. He says, well, you know, I was at the doorway, and he says, let me hear a little of it. So I says, uh, you know, I says, uh, I said, the trouble with hearts, they can't see where they're going. They fall into love without even knowing. They're believing in lies when the right words are spoken. Or oh, the trouble with hearts, they're so easily broken. So he says, uh, "Wow." He said, come on in and shut the door. So I went on in there and we worked, uh, you know, uh, there's several hours on it. And then we took it into the demo room and and we put, you know, they put it on tape tape, uh, and we got it cut the the next day. How fabulous.
3: uh, How fabulous. Was that the first song that you had published?
2: Yeah, that was first one I had go on the uh, billboard charts. And, uh, uh, p- 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 and I entered the charts of, you know, there with a the billboard and they had a bullet, you know, they called it a bullet when it took off and, and, it, and put it, run up the charts and, uh, for us. And uh, the guy's name who sung it was on the Roy head. He's He's an old rock and roller there, you know. Uh right. and, and and we got a good, we got a good thing out of it. Brilliant. And we made some money out of it, and and then we opened some eyes, you know, because you got people coming over, you know, over there to our publishing company, uh, they're looking to write with us. How with wonderful! Like yeah. So I met some great writers come over there, and uh. And uh when I was I was blessed there because I learned from. Them. Well they taught me a lot. And uh and I'm so thankful for them.
3: So do you have any idea how many songs you've written over the years?
2: Oh man. Whew. Well, you know, I'm a member of the Broadcaster, you know, the Broadcaster Music Incorporated, the BMI, because that's what I'm affiliated with. And uh I'd have to check my catalog to see but I co-wrote a lot with people, you know, you know, different writers, over the years. And then I kind of, uh, you know, kind of wanted, to, you know, to get some recording of my own. Well, you know, I wanted to be the only writer, sole writer, to show, you know, because that's what every writer's looking for. Yeah. So, uh, so I had several things I, you know, I have done, and I got one out now, which is called the, uh, uh, the, me and Old Harley D. I wrote it about my sack.
3: Now, that's the latest one, isn't it? Yes. And I believe that we've got permission to listen to at least some of that song. So um, I wonder if it's all right with you that we'd actually go to listen to some of it and let our listeners just hear what an amazing song it is and what a wonderful voice you have.
2: Well, this ain't me singing now. because Okay. Uh, Of course. Well, but the guy who sung it, uh, uh, you know, sung it, is uh, on uh, Michael Lusk. Okay, Michael Lusk. He recorded it. He heard it, and he and he recorded it for me, and then some more of my songs. So uh, he's a great singer there. But I waited. I think I waited about four, to five years for that voice to come along, before that song.
3: Oh well, let let's let people hear Michael Lusk. Singing your song, which is called
4: Me and Old Harley Day. I've been planning all week for a big bike rally down in Rockin' Daytona town. Where the sun's tan cuties and their naughty smiles makes it hard to keep a good man down. I've got a new coat of clean on Old Harley Day, shining like never before. Chrome exhaust out on that open road.
3: What a great song. Thank you very much for sharing it with us. You know, we're gonna go into another break now, but when we come back, um, I want to to talk to you about, um, well, your advice to help people who have um, some sort of impediment or disability, and the approach that you've used that's helped you through your life, because patently you're a huge success, and you've not let anything get in the way. So don't go away. There's so much gold to come after the break.
0: We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
3: Welcome back. Jerry, if somebody, has a, a speech impediment or they have a child with a speech impediment. What for you have been the ways in which you've managed the difficulty, not only for yourself, but because of the way other people have, have approached it?
2: Well, you, uh, but I hear uh, nowadays there nowadays, uh, they got help everywhere. Back when I was coming up, there wasn't too much help, help for us. You know, it was considered a, uh, Mental, it was considered a uh, mental disability, but uh but the nowadays, because uh, they have help, and if you have a child there who's having problem, a young child who's having problem there, you know, well, you know, with the speech, get them help, get them help, go for it now, don't wait, because you know I me, mean? it'll just, cause it becomes a habit and it becomes ingrained in you know there but there's a lot of help out there. You know, uh, the President uh, Biden, you know, uh, he he was a stutterer, you know, all his life. So, uh, you know, I've raised some things on him and, and you just can't give up. You just, you got to keep on being who you are. And if you can't go through it there, go around it. Then You'll find something about yourself if you do it, if you just keep on. And uh, so I've learned a lot from him.
3: Did you know that the Queen's father was a stutterer? I had heard that, is that true? It is absolutely true. Yeah, okay. And he, he wasn't supposed to be king because um, his brother was supposed to be king and they he abdicated. Um, mm. And he suddenly found himself in the spotlight. And uh, he worked with a, a gentleman, I can't remember his name, who helped him Um, because he had to then start giving speeches to the whole nation, particularly Mm -hmm. around uh, the time of the Second World War. And the way forward was for him to have music playing in headphones Mm -hmm. whilst he was uh, speaking. And the music helped him actually be able to to speak. Um, So, you know, so many people who are famous who are very able have started off life with that and it could have set them back but they've not let them yeah Yeah. and i think it's so important that people take on board it's not the challenge that defines you it's what you do with it
2: yeah oh yeah there are but you don't want to give up uh that you know what you are you know in your own mind and uh you know they're uh and if you got a dream, and if you got a passion, you know, follow it. Go for it. They'll uh, set your cause for it, and, uh, and then go for it. Aim for it and go for it.
3: And, I think that's such important advice, and that's true for everybody, not just those yeah. people who've got a, a challenge. But yeah. ultimately, you know, we have one life. We need to make the most of it, don't we?
2: That's right. And then, uh, you know, and then, uh, and then you let other people help you. Ask for help if you need it, because cause we all need, we're all going to need, uh, uh, we're all going to need a leg up in this life. We're all going to need a hand, you know, to help us there. Uh, and then if they help you or uh, you reach out, you know, that you help somebody. It's you know, interesting.
3: Isn't it that when you do help someone else, not only are you helping them, but in truth, you're helping yourself too, aren't you?
2: Yeah. uh, Jesus Christ said there. He said there is more happiness in giving than there is in
3: receiving. Jerry, it has been a joy to interview you. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I look forward to hearing your next song Uh uh, when that comes out. Thank you very much for joining us today. Please do let us know what you think and uh, do join us in the next show. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye, Jerry.
0: Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.